Hi there, and welcome to the first ever Green Machine Virtual Stage podcast episode. This week, we're highlighting some of our more recent Green Machine alumni. About a year ago, when the COVID-19 pandemic and quarantine started, Ryan Carter and John Irvin III saw an opportunity to create something new and started their own podcast called Quarantine for Your Thoughts. Their show, a comedy and entertainment show, features anything from politics, COVID-19 updates, to fun and interesting things they saw in their daily lives. What we're going to bring you this week are a few segments from interviews they did with another Green Machine alumni, Andrew Velez, where they discuss his musical career, what he's creating now during the pandemic and quarantine, and where he's planning on going. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Um, all right, so why don't you just give us a little bit of a rundown on like your musical career as an artist? So I would say definitely like my career started probably over the course of like the last 10, 10 or so years, um, working on a lot of collaborative um, projects and materials. So working with other artists in the general DMV area, DC, Maryland, Virginia, and um but I'm pretty, I'm pretty flexible, man. <laughs> one moment, <clears throat> excuse me, one moment <laughs> I'm playing trumpet for folks. The next I'm doing some arrangements. Mm-hmm. The next I'm being commissioned to write original works. Uh, the next is, you know, doing voice stuff. The next is maybe doing um, some, some rap material. I, I'm pretty versatile in terms of uh, what I do. But um, I guess, you know, I, I've worked with a, a variety of people. Um, in the area, so Gogo Symphony, um, Green Machine, of course, of course, uh, yeah, uh, the uh, National Symphony Orchestra. I've done some work for. Uh, it was in collaboration with Gogo Symphony, um, Dirty Gold, and a, and a slew of other artists that are just as amazing um, within the DMV territory. So that's Cecily Bumbre, Drew Kid. YU Slimcat seventy eight, um, yeah. Just bring up like a whole LinkedIn profile. <laughs> so, what sort of when you write music yourself, what sort of genre do you sort of uh, focus on, or is it you know kind of all over the place? Um, I, I well, it's a little bit. Uh, it's it's in the middle. I'm gonna say. Fair. It's definitely, it's definitely in the middle. I mean, I guess the main genres that I pull from would be uh, jazz, hip hop, soul, and funk okay. would be the primary like mixture. And then from there, sometimes it's more acoustic. Sometimes I'm looking for something that's more EDM and like synth driven. Mm-hmm. Other times it's, you know, it can be straight up more rock oriented. Um, but that's courtesy of all of the uh, multiple different artists that I work with throughout the area. <laughs> One gig is like a horn hit, and we're just doing covers of like Earth, Wind, and Fire stuff. And then the next one is all original material, and they're like a country rock person. So, yeah, I'm 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 all over the place. So you've got you know a fairly healthy rap sheet of of groups that you've worked with, but outside of performing and arranging, um, you teach too, right? Yes, yeah, teaching the area, but predominantly um, composition and trumpet or high brass, I should say. Okay. Um, obviously I'm 
I know a little bit of your past with employment in terms of teaching, which we won't necessarily get into tonight. We've uh, shared a very rough employer in that regard. Um, but what do you uh, what do you like to do with teaching? Like, what do you find the most fulfilling part of teaching? Yo, actually, real talk, I love teaching. Yeah, I, I just in general, I love one on one or like clinic oriented um, sessions. And I think the reason why I genuinely enjoy education. It's just because I love seeing other people like progress. That's definitely just like one of the coolest things to me and why I love working with other artists or um, who are younger and learning. And it's just like, well, if you want to do this, let's give you the capabilities to do so. Um, that's such a powerful oh, tool. No, man. I, I appreciate that so cheers. much. Yeah, cheers to yeah, that. Yeah, that's really, yeah, cheers to that. That's a really, it's a powerful statement right there. Right. If someone is genuinely interested in music and they have a passion for it and they want to continue and make it a potential career or a livelihood, like, hey, start them young and let's give them the right tools. That's always been like a major concern for me as, a, as an educator overall. It's just like, hey, how can we make the next education stronger than us or even the generation prior to? So I respect that so much, man. So with, you know, COVID and everything, how has that affected your teaching and also your, you know, career as a musician? Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> it's funny. If you would have had this interview like a couple months ago, it would have been a totally different picture of like what's going on and what's going to happen. But now that we're having this interview in COVID after like the first five or so months um, or even four, four or five, um, I'm, I'm lucky that I finally grounded myself by this point, thankfully. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? I think we all feel um, that. Um, I guess just to kind of like backtrack and let's let's go back to the March and April scenario, performing or recording either stopped or completely slowed down. Um, Which I can imagine. Was, uh, no, go ahead. I can imagine that was terrifying for you to, to just – have basically your entire profession just come to a halt mm -hmm. dude <laughs> it was surreal and it just kind of hurt because it's just like man there's nothing to focus on or look toward mm -hmm. just because like there isn't the next project or the next gig or something to that capacity per se and so it was definitely like depressing um a bit anxious too um and the only worry that carried over with teaching was how well was this going to transfer over virtually, you know? Um, not everyone is a, a good teacher, uh, like, just in general, but, like, <laughs> adding... But, but seriously, I mean, like, you know, being an, an effective teacher in person is one thing. Yeah. And I feel like it's a whole different ballgame to be an effective teacher virtually. Absolutely. So, uh, with that in mind, I definitely stepped up my virtual game, um, looking up some different pedagogy stuff and really addressing how I communicate with students more effectively. So that's been a huge bonus for me and a growing aspect for me as a teacher throughout this whole COVID situation. Um, the downside was that, of course, not every student was interested in switching to virtual because they're um, in person or on, you know, on hands learning kind of deal. I totally so, get that. Yeah, sorry, I don't want to cut you off or anything. Um, mm -hmm. But I did have a question. Has being uh, sort of quarantined and being 
I don't know, stuck indoors, if you will. Has that affected your creativity? Have you had more time to compose or, you know, write music or think about how you teach, maybe? Oh, dude, yeah. No, I would say going back to that March and April side, Mm -hmm. I was not writing and I wasn't really developing any ideas just because I was so bummed out. Right. Uh, And then gradually, I would say by the end of April and May is actually when I started seeing some work again for commission and arranging work. Mm-hmm. So um, I got really lucky in that regard. And then between May May and June, I had a couple of gigs, quote unquote, in that sense for doing some writing and recording for other people. Nice. Um, yeah, thankfully I had the mic set up for it. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, working with, with other podcasts and stuff, like I have my own mic. So luckily I was in a position to do some solo recording without a recording studio. All right, so with us here once again in the studio is Andrew Velez talking about his newest EP, Dark Energy. Andrew, welcome back. Yes, man. What's going on, y'all? It's good <laughs> to be back on Quarantine for your thoughts. I'm, I'm really excited. Just dropped the EP, Dark Energy. Uh, yeah. Just came out this past Friday on the 26th. And um, so far, getting good reviews. And people are liking it. People are listening to it. It's very insightful. So it's not like a bumping joint that you're going to like crank or whatever, <laughs> but that's fine. Like I wanted to make something that was reflective of what's happening currently in the state of America. So, yeah, I mean, I, so I listened to it um, and it was, it was really powerful stuff. Um, I, I really liked it, but uh, walk us through that. You know, last time we talked yeah. to you, we were kind of talking in general, you know, where you came from musically, what you were doing with teaching and all that stuff. Today, I want to talk about Dark Energy. I want to hear, like, where you were coming from when you wrote it, what your inspiration was. Like, let's hear it. Yeah, man. So, I guess the the start of this whole project actually uh, began with a commission from the St. Louis uh, Religious Museum. And uh, it was a combination, or a collaboration, rather, with uh, me and Gary Logan, who is an Mm. acrylic paint artist and artist in general, but the uh, piece that he created was entitled dark matter um and for folks who are unaware you know dark matter being what um spaces is practically made out of that's (laughs) you know it's tangible but not tangible and you know it's still a working theory and whatnot so uh, his piece was about the beauty and depth of blackness Hmm. so that's where you get the dark matter from and i kind of took that and ran with it and i created dark energy which is what helps create dark matter um, the theme just explores more of that concept of the depth and black um, depth and beauty of blackness and not only just um, inherent blackness that I have that he has and you know um, folks across the globe that are black but it's also the spatial aspect and that's really what this particular version of it goes through so hopefully you get those vibes of sailing through space almost um, like a, a satellite or a space station and you're kind of taking in what is dark energy. Um, it's something that is not only just powerful, it's vulnerable and um, lyrical. And that's definitely what I tried to go for on the main single. Uh, but that was definitely like the start of the EP. Sure. And then from there, um, I brought in a crew of people. So shout out to, um, yeah, if I can't just real quickly, I have to give a shout out. to the Please give shout outs left and right, man. This EP. Yeah. So first and foremost, uh, shout out to my producers, John Waymeyer and Gabe Earl. Both of them 
have been holding me down <laughs> since day <laughs> one. And uh, without them, the project wouldn't have even happened, literally, because they helped me record it. <laughs> so um, thank you, thanks to them for their patience. Uh, shout out to uh, Kalen Brown, who's also an artist in um, Richmond, as well as uh, Mac, who provided the artwork for both of the leading single and then, of course, the album artwork that we have right now. Uh, and then the last thank yous uh, to all the guest artists that are helping me out with this project. Uh, Jenna Camille, who recently moved to Atlanta, so shout out to you, Jenna. <laughs> and um, Drew Kitt, who is also a Mason alumni. Really? Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, he, he wrote the tune uh, Blues for Yesterday. Ironically, like, almost 10 years ago. Wow. This is an old, yeah, this is an old chart. He, he never got recorded. And I was like, bruh, I want this <laughs> tune and I'm going to record it one day. And here we are. I was like, this is, this is the album for it. Like, I'm glad we saved it. And yeah. it fits perfectly with this, this theme that I was going for. Um, so yeah, no, he helped me out with that tune. And then I also have a sneak preview for you guys in terms oh, yeah. of like what you can expect. So the, the EP project is not completely done, and okay. most folks don't even know this yet, but I am working on a remix of the lead single, It'd Be Like That. And that's going to feature Slim Cat um, doing the remix for that one. And you can look forward to that uh, in the month of March. Okay, very cool. Yeah. So I listening through your EP, um, It'd Be Like That really, obviously different subject matter, very you yeah. know heavy stuff. But hearing you on that track brought me back to, like, basketball game days. Yes. I was like, there's Velez down on the mic telling us how it is. And that was awesome. I, I love that. And yes. then, now, did you play, you were trumpet on those too, right? You did trumpet and vocals? Oh, yeah. So, actually, other than other than Blues for Yesterday, I played all the keys. Oh, wait, that's a lot. And, and Jenna also played some um, synth stuff on it be like that as well but the original piano sample i did that really so yeah the piano the trumpets vocal layers nice that was all me and then um john and gabe helped with the mixing uh beat making and stuff like that gabe another mason alum yeah it's also mason alum. <laughs> and so is john so is john waymeyer very both cool mason alum. so really so, keeping it home it, yeah man. so uh, your your album cover there's a lot going on there. Yes. Can you walk us through some of the symbolism of what's in that? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I guess, actually, I should backtrack in terms of that symbolism. Um, huge inspiration for this entire project wasn't only just the uh, the commission uh, with Gary Logan, mm -hmm. but also um, last year when all of the uh, Black Lives Matter protests were occurring, um, I started digging into some literature myself. Um, I'm currently still going through the Malcolm X autobiography, okay. but the uh, I, I would say the most important book that I read during that time was the graphic novel called March, and it's about the uh, the great late Senator John Lewis who passed away, mm. um, and it's his life and. Man, it is wild. I had no idea. My man's was a ride or die with MLK since day one. <laughs> like true OG, and um, one of the pro one of the most like prolific scenes that I remember from just the first book was how he had to work with his student association and um, friends and mentally and verbally prepare themselves for protesting and demonstration. And I mean, it was the hardcore situation, like you and me sitting across each other and yelling the most obscene, profane things. 
Yeah, I mean, but that was that was part, yeah. part of the struggle. You had to be ready yeah. to hear those things. Someone telling you that they don't like you or they hate you or call you the N-word straight to your face. Like, man, yeah, no. Let me not get on the soapbox about that. But <laughs> if there was a book to recommend, um, March, that graphic novel is incredible and yeah. immensely insightful to the development mm-hmm. of how to fight, you know? Like, this is the process our OGs went through. <laughs> to um obtain equal rights obtain a voice in america sure and that's definitely a huge proponent of this but tying back to the album artwork um i definitely i wanted something that was more spatial oriented mm-hmm. just because of how um gary's uh gary logan's project work and it's meant to be sort of um the beginning of dark energy so this is where it kind of like spawns from like it kind of almost like the big bang theory kind of aspect like there was nothing and then boom dark energy so this is like the formation of it the the natural hands reaching out blossoming so it's like a natural aspect you know um and then of course just natural details on the side that kind of like expand almost angel-like yeah um but if i could i would also like (laughs) i wish shout out to mac man he's the one who came up (laughs) with the finer details of that piece. I just gave him like a rough sketch. I'm like, yo, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I like. Uh, can you expand upon it? And that's that's really one of the cool things too, man. Like I'm, I'm at a point where I can like trust other cats to bring yeah. their energy, their insight um, into what I'm thinking and then just make it level 9,000 even more than what I thought <laughs> I was looking for. So, um, but yeah, no, shout out to Mac for creating that one. And as well as Kaylin, who did the first artwork okay. for It Be Like That, which was um, heavily inspired by um, protest music. Sure. So, um, yeah. Well, that is deep. Um, <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> oh, no, dude, you have no idea. And uh, it, yeah, it, actually, if I may. Yeah, you know, please. Yeah. I guess lyrically what's happening, even in the first track, um, it'd be like that. Uh, lately I've been feeling conflicted because 2020 news don't fit this capital vision, nothing but tension. Mm-hmm. Like just even right off of that, the break, I'm actually alluding to capital vision, which is the mentality me and the crew have. So shout out to Che, shout out to, to uh, gosh, who am I thinking of? Slashby, great Slashby. Uh, Cecily is Drew. Why you? It's everybody, you know, the capital vision, yeah. the DMV capital vision. So that's where that comes from. Um, and then I get into other topics like, you know, uh, involving my sister, what's going on with my parents. So even though the project is centered on equality, uh, the beauty of blackness and what's currently going on in America, but it also has an aspect of what's happening post-quarantine, what's happening during COVID mm-hmm. and um, how my family's been going through that. And same for Jenna. And I'm, I'm really honored that she said yes to be on the project because I knew I needed another voice to represent what's what's going on because my story isn't the only story, dude. Sure. Like, you have your story. John has his story of, like, what's happening in America right now and what's going on in life just because yeah. it's been flipped upside down. So, Well, hey, man, I love that you do the show for us, too. I, I asked <laughs> you, like, two questions, and you, uh, <laughs> you did the show for me, so thank you. Yeah. Um... <laughs> By the way, I totally, like... I like sat down for like the last 20 minutes just collecting my thoughts because <laughs> I, I, like, I need to make sure this, this, this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. so yeah, I mean, that was what I wanted from this was, you know, I wanted to catch it right after you'd released it because I knew that that was going to be when it was fresh and when it was, you know, you could get 
everything that you've been thinking about while you've been working on this, which how long have you been working on this? I mean, actually, I guess, so it'd be like that. I think we started working on it late summer. And then that's when the commission came in and I was like, hey, this is actually a project that can work. And then I started developing the concept and the artwork together. Um, originally, it was slated to be five songs. Wow. Uh, but we narrowed it down for time for time reasons, but also just like it felt really concise to have these three things as a compact message. Sure. Um, and then, of course, the remix is on the way. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah. I'm looking forward to that, too. Um, you want to tell folks where they can find your EP at? Oh, yeah. Uh, honestly, it's available on all streaming services, so Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play. It's even on YouTube as well if you really? just want to like share it and listen to it on a Twitch stream or something or whatever. So it's all there. Um, and then, of course, if you want to purchase the album, you can purchase it on iTunes. Very cool. Very cool. Well, you're always out here doing some new cool project. And so I try to loop back and talk to you like at least once a week. I'm like, hey, yeah. hey, I need some inspiration from this guy. <laughs> I appreciate that, man.